When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. This is the Leaf Sky Podcast. Here's your host, Jim Taddy. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Leaf Sky, Episode 5, Season 3. I want to thank Mike Ross, the PA announcer at Scotiabank Arena, for that fine intro. Rossi, it sounds great. Coming up on the podcast today, Dave McCarthy, SiriusXM, NHL.com will be our guest. Many storylines to go over as the Leafs struggle through their first four games. They go 2-2-0. Two, two, and oh. Coming off a Monday night loss to Arizona that certainly left a mark. Before we get there, hockey fans, it's finally time to hit the ice again. And thanks to DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you're in for a season of a lifetime. New customers can bet $5 at any team and get $200 in free bets if they win. If that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Here is the call to action. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code THPN. Bet $5 in any NHL team to win their game and get $200 in free bets if they do. The code is THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for complete details. Okay, on to the hockey story. This goes down a couple of roads. Here is street number one. It's the injury report. Matt Murray gets added on long term, and, and that creates a salary situation. There's cap room. Robertson, Simmons, Mete, and, of course, Shulgren are recalled. Shulgren plays in goal for the Leafs on Monday night, does his job. The rest of the team does not. Mete, Robertson, and Simmons will find their way into the lineup as the Leafs later this week go on a five-game road trip. So there's money there. Also in the Monday night game, Muzzin goes out. We don't know the extent at the time we're recording this, and there may be more money available. And we certainly don't uh, want to underscore the injury value, and we hope that he's okay uh, because it was sort of a neck situation, and that can be very serious. So we, we sort of temper our talk about salary cap and money available because it involves injury to players, which is not a desired outcome. So that's one road you can go down. Uh, the other is the team's play. And so uh, an opening night loss in Montreal 4-3, played down to the opposition. Went against Washington on Thursday night, the night after the opener. Looked okay, battled their way through this. Saturday against Ottawa, looked better, won that game. And Monday night against Arizona, oh boy, this is a return to the scene of the crime. This is 
Uh, skills competition for 10 minutes, no shots on goal, and slowly but surely, Arizona finds a way to get this game in the win column. Leafs almost tied at goal, called back late in the hockey game. Point of contention to some, but the fact of the matter is, the Leafs didn't play enough good hockey to win this game, and as Sheldon Keefe said after the game, their elite players were not, and that was a factor, should have been the deciding factor in the game. All right, here is our conversation with Dave McCarthy from SiriusXM and NHL.com. Well, Dave, we have a sample size of four games here, and the wins look eerily similar, and so do the losses, and that's not good news, is it? I have to say that I'm not overwhelmed with how the Leafs have played so far through four games. I mean, if you look at it this way, I think a lot of people are expecting the Montreal Canadiens and the Arizona Coyotes to finish 31 and 32 in the league by the time it's all said and done. Um, exchange the positions how you might. But essentially what the Leafs have done is, is put in two really subpar efforts against teams well below them in the standings. And I thought there were flashes against Washington where they, they looked you know, pretty good. And, and, and against Ottawa, they were, I would say, fine you know but i'm yeah. i'm not going to get carried away and say they were outstanding they were fine against ottawa it's been underwhelming and i think the the broader concern here is is that against the arizona coyotes that was one of those games that to me you look at how last year went down they lost to arizona twice they lost to buffalo a bunch of times i think they lost to seattle at one point and I remember Sheldon Keefe saying, with about 10 games or so left in the regular season, uh, lamenting the fact that, look, we are where we are right now because we've left points on the table against teams well below us in the standings. You look at where Florida is right now. I think they had just clinched the President's Trophy at the time. And he said, well, that's why they are where they are because they, they haven't left a lot of points on the table against teams well below them in the standings. So I asked Sheldon, on Monday morning, if that was a point of emphasis for the group coming in, just like to make sure against teams that you know you're better than, you know you're better than, but it's the National League. You still have to show up and play a professional game to make sure that you do that so that you don't leave points like that on the table. And he said, it's not so much about our opponent, but it's about our process. And if we play the way that we feel we can play, more often than not, we feel like we're going to be able to win. I mean, you're not going to win every time, no matter who the opponent is. Sometimes you'll lose games. But the Leafs did it far too frequently last year, where they left points on the table against, just quite frankly, lousy teams. And they've done it now twice in, in four games. So, so that, to me, is really alarming, where they came out, they were in the zone, like puck possession for 10 minutes in the first period. That's nice. Like, they didn't really get a chance of any consequence despite possessing the puck that that long. And then it just kind of looked like, nah, well, what are you going to do? And they wilted, and Arizona built a lead, and then they, they did the thing that they tried to do on a number of occasions. That times was success last year, but it's not a sustainable way of playing hockey. You try and win by playing like five, eight minutes in the third period, and they came up short. So, so that to me was really concerning. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree with that. And I find that, you know, as we describe our alibi, what's going on with the Leafs, these are things that you wouldn't say about a very good hockey team, a Stanley Cup threat hockey team. Uh, you know, we're, we're coming up with excuses or uh, explaining losses that shouldn't happen. Uh, Monday night, the 10-minute, uh, I guess it was a skills competition, 
because all Arizona could do is watch them move the puck around in, in the Arizona zone, but uh, there weren't a lot of shots, so nothing was coming out of it. And, you know, quite frankly, for me, it, it's almost a failure to admit things. Uh, if you're playing Arizona and looking at that roster, with all due respect, there's only one way they can play that game, and they have to be very careful about how they play it. they got to try and clog up uh, zones and, and, and try to prevent the Leafs from doing what they're capable of, which they did. And, and you know, if, if you're on the Leaf dressing room or on the Leaf side of this equation, you have to understand that that's where, what they're going to do. So why do you let them do it? I don't understand that. I don't either. Like, I don't care that you had the puck the whole first period. Did you get any chances of consequence? No, you didn't. So Arizona was quite happy to let them have the puck on the outside. They didn't let them get anywhere near the net. And the odd time they got a shot on goal, Vimelka made the save. And, and it was no issue. That's just not nearly good enough. I'm sorry, it's not. And then when you, you, you look at another aspect of the game, well, what do we hear about the Leafs? Well, our toughness is our power play. Well, you had four power plays and you got zero shots. And then finally you got a fifth and you scored on one. Um, yeah, after they kind of got a bit of a lucky bounce when the, the shot went off a defenseman and fell in, into the lap of Nylander. Nobody knew where it was and he was able to yeah. put it in. I mean, that was more of a lucky play than, you know, a great, a great uh, you know, exhibition of puck movement and breaking down the defense. Um, not strong enough on the puck. Uh, lacks defensively. Uh, not, not forcing the issue enough offensively. And then when they get chances on the power play, and Sheldon Keefe referred to it, their elite players quite simply did not play like elite players. And, and, and quite frankly... I don't think Matthews or Marner so far this year has played particularly well at this point. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think there's been moments where Tavares has looked good, and certainly Nylander has been one of their better players. But the other two, um, you know, and, and I think if you went back over the four games, you'd go, okay, so so what is this? And and you could say it's it's a slow start, which is uncharacteristic, certainly for Austin Matthews. But if you want to sort of scalpel a little deeper, is, is there something going on there? Is, is there a disconnect? I, I don't know what it is, but, but it doesn't look normal, does it? No, it doesn't. I mean, it's hard to say. And again, we, we can't get too carried away. It's four games in. If we were game 48 to 52 and, and they played these four games, like you wouldn't notice it because, you know, Matthews would have 25 goals by this point and, and Marner would have 55, whatever it is, right? So you wouldn't really notice it. It's just more glaring at the beginning of the year. But, you know, you have to assess what, what you've seen through four games. That's our job. And what I've seen has not been very good. Um, a disconnect? I, I don't know. What I would say is I find that at times, and you say it now because it, it hasn't worked. Did I see the same thing last year? Well, it was working. So, But it, it seems like at times they're only looking for each other on the ice. Do you, I, like, do you notice that at all? It just seems like they get kind of blinders on and, and they only think there's one other option out there, and that's the other guy, right? And there's, there's three other guys on the ice. So to me, they haven't used enough of, of the five-man unit to generate offense. I think nowadays that's really what drives offense in the league is that a group of five working as a unit. It can't really just be two guys anymore because teams are just too good defensively. So that's maybe one thing I see. But – you know, uh, again, it's it's early. They have uh, what's what's most concerning to me, Jim, is that they they haven't generated a lot of chances either. 
right? Like if they're just looking yeah. for each other and they're generating chances and they're getting off and it's just not going in, well, it's going to eventually go in. I, I can't recall a lot of chances generated. Well, look, I, you know, to your point about it's only four games in, I, I totally buy that. But after the loss in Montreal, there was a, a, a team meeting and, you know, the coach used the word unacceptable. After game four, he talked about his elite players not being elite, and that was a, that's an issue. Uh, the only reason I bring that up is, is because of the failures in the playoffs, you wonder what the pain threshold is for the entire organization. If we go back exactly a year, and I have their schedule right in front of me, they started with a win in Montreal, split with Ottawa, lost in overtime to the Rangers in a pretty good hockey game at home, lost to yep. San Jose, got waxed in Pittsburgh, lost in Carolina, and had they not won... In, in in Chicago, and let me just count that up. That is game number one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. That's game eight. Uh, there was going to be a button pushed. We're, we're told, or at least the, their reports indicated. So they did. They didn't like the start last year, and this start isn't much different so far. No, I remember that well because I I remember what Sheldon Keefe had to say after that Carolina game. I think it was on the Monday night. Where they lost, but he was all he was like, you know, that's more like what we're talking about. That's more like how we can play. And I feel if we play that way, it's going to start to come here. I, I remember that. And at the time, I was like, mm, kind of grasping. I, they were okay, but I didn't think they were unreal against Carolina in that game a year ago. And then they, if memory serves, went down what like two nothing uh, against Chicago. Yeah. Yes. And I thought, holy cow here. And then they found a way to pull that one out. And um, they had less that Chicago game. Some element of change, uh, I think, was likely to have occurred. So they won, and then they seemed to get their game together from that point on. And so we're talking about this after four games. They are at home Thursday to Dallas, going a five-game road trip. So the line in the sand this year will be after 10 games because that's a five-game road trip. So and I just I bring up the pain threshold because if you're revisiting the same type of start year after year, that that's just not – I mean, when you put the list of unacceptables up, that's at the top of it. It absolutely is. Um, you know, to me, the game on Monday against the Coyotes – and I'm not trying to be – jerk here because they lost one game in early October against the Coyotes but it goes back to what we were talking about earlier in the chat here about um, their process and and making sure they play the way they feel they can play consistently enough so that you don't leave points on the table against Arizona and Montreal and and that is to say that game looked to me like a game where something should have been changed of consequence in the off season because it, it really just feels like it's the same old, same old again, where, Oh, we'll talk about it in the morning and you know, that's nice, but it's Arizona. So whatever we say it, we know we're just going to go out there, throw our sticks on the ice and we'll, and we'll win. Cause we're way better than that. Like how, how long, do they have to to go and learn that lesson before it finally sinks in that you can't play that way and expect to win? So I don't know at this point. Like I'm Sheldon Keefe, clearly his his irritability level is very high because you don't generally hear a head coach this early in the season after game one, um, after game four, throwing. He threw his players under the bus, but he was really critical, right? When he says, 
difference between us and them is we've got elite players they don't and our elite players didn't play like elite players so when they don't that's why the game's close um that's pretty pointed criticism um i think i think sheldon's feeling the pressure um but i'm just not sure that the message is 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 seeping through it no no it's not and, and that's that, that's the concern because uh I, I don't know what the answer is there, but it, but it has to be something to get everybody's attention, and I think we know what that would be. And uh, I just don't want to put it into words because it, I think it's unfair at this point. Um, I, 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 you know, the frustration level is is very high here. Uh, you know, if there's anybody who should know uh, the lesson, I mean, my line is: how many times do you have to return to the scene of the crime to see the same thing happen? Uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's just it's it's so repetitive that it's troublesome. Uh, so let's segue out of that because I think we've just absolutely smothered that story uh, and go back to the, the, the roster, uh, you know, was is set at 20, which was precarious. There were, there were a cup of coffee, literally under the cap. Matt, Matt, <laughs> Murray comes, Starbucks. Yeah, no, 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 out of, out of the machine. It was machine <laughs> coffee is what they were. Uh, and, and so Matt Murray gets added to the long-term injury reserve list. And all of a sudden four players, come up and, and you know we didn't see them uh, Monday night Mete Robertson and Simmons did not play we saw Shelgren play in goal and he was okay uh, and and so having said that I mean all, all of a sudden you've got a workable roster here and maybe the stumble last night opens the door for certainly Robertson and, and Mete to get in there and and, and show something because they need an infusion of something don't they they do and uh, Sheldon didn't confirm after the game last night lineup changes but he certainly didn't rule it out either. Let's put it that way. Um, and, and I think that would be appropriate. Look, he didn't want to break up a winning lineup. I mean, geez, two wins constitutes a winning lineup. But, I mean, I guess this early in the season, so to speak, it does. Um, so I get why they didn't, they didn't want to break that up, put Robertson in last night. But now I think uh, the, the time has come to, to shake things up uh, a little bit because I think Dennis Malkin has been okay in training camp, was, I guess, okay against Montreal, but I haven't really noticed him impact the game in the last three. Uh, and I think Nick Robertson was, was very good in camp, and I think he should be rewarded with an opportunity. So I'd like to see him get in the lineup. And um, look, I think they should give Wayne Simmons a look too. The one thing I notice about this Leafs team, man, is that they are, when, when Kyle Dubas first came in, it was all about skill and speed and finesse and all that. And then he kind of went through, I almost call it like an Alex Anthopoulos evolution. Cause like, remember back when AA took over the Jays, he was all about numbers and, and data and all this. And, and then when he made, those big moves for like Josh Donaldson and Russell Martin. I remember a press conference where he's like, yeah, you know what? There's more to it than that. And we need, we need some guys that bring life into the clubhouse and, and, and you know, and, and those type of guys who just don't give a, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and they're just going to go out there and find a way to get it done. And I think Kyle went through that evolution as well, to an extent, bringing in Jumbo and bringing in Wayne Simmons when he did and, and Nick Foligno and, and uh, Ilya Labushkin, guys that may not be the, the biggest star. Well, Spatza too, though I think, you know, I mean, his probably more skill there than, than the other guys that I'm mentioning. But, like, you know, the other guys I mentioned, they're not exact darlings on the spreadsheet. But, you know, when they were at their best, unfortunately Nick Foligno got hurt and never really saw his best. But, like, there's just some X factor there, right? Um, a little bit of 
screw you in their games. Leafs don't have anybody now that that has that in their game. And I think they've swung totally back the other way to where it is like it is pure skill all throughout the lineup. And I just don't think you can win with a group like that. Um, in the play, I, I'm sorry, I, I just haven't been shown yet that you can. So um, I'd like to see them give Simmons a look. Is he at the point in his career where he can really make all that much of a difference anymore? I'm not convinced his foot speed is at the level where he can get to where he needs to be to make an impact physically, but you might as well give him a look uh, at this point to see what, what you have there, if anything left. Uh, well, I, yeah, go. go look, I, the, way, the way I look at that is like, I, I, I'm all for team toughness. I, 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 I don't like that you have to rely on, on a veteran to jump over the boards and, and, and sort of uh, get justice on the ice, but, but that's where they are. Go back to the Monday night game. Uh, you know, for the first 10 minutes, the Leafs have a skills clinic and, and have like, I think four shots on goal, if that, and then all of a sudden what happens at the, the, the 10 minute mark of that period, they, they go down in the Leaf zone and cause a lot of, uh, uh, I guess a skirmish in front of Shulgren and they were pushing and shoving. And it was almost like, Hey, you guys are going to pass the puck around. You're not going to shoot. We can come down here and agitate your goalie. I, I think we could actually get away with something here. That was a turning point in the hockey game for me, 10 minutes in. Yeah, no, it was, it was. And, and that shows you how you can beat the Leafs, right? And when the skill players didn't get it done early on in that game, uh, I agree with what Sheldon said. They kind of just fell asleep, lulled, lulled the Leafs to sleep, the Coyotes did. And then that's where you need one of those type of guys that I'm talking about, a line right. that you can put out over the boards and, and they can try and swing momentum back in the Leafs' favor. By being aggressive, getting a four, just d- simple stuff. Dump it in the corner and go drive the guy through the wall and get the puck back. Then you get the crowd into it. Now the building's buzzing a little bit. Now you send your skill players back out uh, over the, the boards and there's a little bit of a pep in their step. That, that, that matters throughout the course of a game. It really, really does. And I don't see a line that, that does that on the Leafs. I mean, I keep hearing about the fact, and even from Sheldon as well, I, like, I don't agree with it that up front they're as deep as they've ever been, deep as they've ever been. I, I don't know, man. Like, say what you will about the bottom two, uh, Engvall, Kerfoot, Yarncroke, and, and Camp, Aston, Reese, and Obey Kubel. I, I get they are being used in more defensive assignments. I just don't look at many of those guys on either of those two lines that really have a consistent hope of scoring a goal. And, and, and the way they play, they're not really momentum turners either. So like, I I feel like the best is you, you put them on the ice, you hope nothing bad happens. And then you turn it back over to your skill players. So I don't know. I just, I'm, I'm not thrilled with the composition of the lineup, to be honest with you. It's not how I would have built a team. Well, I, I, I agree with you. I, I think that uh, if you go back to that, that turning point I talked about, uh, if Wayne Simmons was in that lineup, he was the guy who was going to do it. Now, when you get to the third period and you're talking about uh, the fourth line, I thought they, they didn't play much, but they did uh, pin people along the board. So the coach went with Matthews and Marner for almost half that period. I, I tracked their, their ice time. I think Austin Matthews was at 14 minutes uh, after two periods of play. And as I look at the event summary from last night, what did he finish up with? He finished up with 24. So he played like 10 minutes yeah. in that in that third period. And uh, clearly, uh, it didn't work. 
he was on the ice a ton. Him and Marner. Yeah. I know. I noticed them on the ice a lot, but they really weren't getting much done, to be honest with you. So, like, I don't know that's one of those games where if I'm the coach, like. Like old school coaching, right? Like back in the day, Scotty Bowman, Pat Quinn, all these guys. Like you, you just get a hunch about who was going and who's not. Right. Yeah. And you know, if it was, you know, if it was Steve Eiserman or Matt Sundin that night, whatever, that just weren't really feeling it, and it happened to be, you know, uh, Darcy Tucker, or it happened to be, you know, a guy like Kirk Maltby and Chris Draper, Detroit, whatever it was. You know, they'd get a little bit more minutes because they were they were at least impacting the game. They were changing the momentum. I, I get you you have to live and die with skilled players. I wouldn't have kept running them out for 10 minutes because it just didn't seem like they were impacting the game in a positive fashion when they were out there. Yeah. Okay, well, let's end it on this day. What What is your level of concern after four games? Uh, I, I would say out of 10, I would say I would say five. Oh, five okay. yeah i'm like a, I, I i'm trying not to be knee-jerk here because you can you can kind of sound foolish after four games where you go ranting and raving and lose your mind right and and then last year like they did they they figured their game out after game eight and they were in, in pretty good shape for most of the year but some concern in that we we just keep seeing the same thing time and time again uh, from years past, and it doesn't really look there like there's been, to use a, a line that John Tavares used earlier in camp, an evolution in maturity. Last minute of play in this podcast. Okay, thank you, Mike Ross, for that time warning. Time now for Liggety Split, Yes Guy, No Guy. Yes Guy, No Guy, number one. Concern level is high for the Maple Leaf hockey team just four games in. No guy, it's not, but I am a little apprehensive that they appear to be going down the same road they did last season and since that bullet has been fired, I'm a little concerned that way. The concern level is not high. That's a no guy. Yes guy, no guy number two. Best players have to step up. Oh, oh, yes guy. All capital letters. Hard yes guy. Please, anytime soon. Yes guy, no guy number three. Lineup changes are due. That's another yes guy. It has to happen. You've got some room now. Let's see Robertson. Let's see Simmons. Let's see Mete on the blue line. Let's go for it. That is a yes guy. And the final yes guy, no guy. The Leafs have a passing grade so far. Oh, that's a no guy. Absolutely not. Two and two after four. Should have been three and one. An emphatic no guy. Hope you enjoyed episode five, season three of Leafs Guy. Hope you come back next week for episode six.